0: Blog Talk Radio. Hi everybody welcome to the michael cutler hour i am your host michael cutler it is november the 20th 2020 boy lots of 20s there Um, but i thank you for joining me Uh, again the the week is a crazy one the uh, efforts of the trump administration or president trump at least to challenge the outcome of the election is going full blast from everything you can tell Certainly journalists um, have raised questions. Um, The uh, usual suspects on TV have challenged what Rudy Giuliani and other members of the president's legal team have said. And, and frankly, I, I don't know where we are. And I'm not going to claim to be an expert on elections or the voting process. Each state does things differently. It's a state's rights thing, you know. But, certainly, the issues that have been raised by Giuliani, and others are disturbing. The uh, claim that they have hundreds of depositions of poll watchers who were prevented from getting close enough to see what was going on, the allegations of harassment, bags of missing votes suddenly showing up. There's a, a whole pattern of questionable conduct. And, of course, a lot of the journalists have focused on whether or not, even if, the votes that were in question were cast for the president if he would win the election, win each of those states, I think people are losing sight of a bigger question. If there's no integrity to the system, what are you counting? What, in in point of fact, are you counting? And this is very disturbing because when you think about this, without free, unfettered elections, there is no democracy.
1: If leaders,
0: so-called, are thrust upon us by people in positions of power, then there is no democracy. One of the principles, one of the prime foundations of a democracy is that the people choose their leaders. If you don't choose the leaders, then the process is not a democratic process. And so this should be disturbing to everybody. And I don't care where you are politically on the spectrum. I don't care if you're a Democrat, a Republican, a conservative, a liberal, an independent. We should be guarding that right, protecting that right of the people, the citizens of this country, to determine who will lead the country, who will lead cities and states and so forth. Because if people are put into power irrespective of the wishes of the people there is no democracy it's over it's over then you have an authoritarian government and you see they have elections in totalitarian countries they go through the motions and then they announce the winner by a 99 percent vote the president of whatever you know castro's cuba you know They hold an election. You have a choice. You know, when Fidel was alive, you either voted for Fidel or you voted for Fidel. It was kind of like the old Model T Ford. You could get it in any color as long as you ordered it in black. So this should be disturbing to everybody. And the allegations are serious. There were certainly strange things that, when you look at it objectively, cause you to scratch your head. For example how did the republicans pick up 11 seats in the house of representatives which is a remarkable achievement and yet the president at the head of the ticket loses now is it possible sure but when you add this other factors the way that poll watches allegedly were mistreated were intimidated were ejected were not able to see what was happening and this happened in state after state, again, if the allegations are true, if the allegations are true, then this makes the hair on my neck stand at attention. Now, you have to understand something. There's a difference between believing something happened and being able to prove that something happened. Uh, You know my background. I was an INS agent for 26 years, and then I spent four years before that as an immigration inspector. And I spent a year as an adjudications officer doing the marriage interviews. As an agent, you did an investigation to confirm or deny what was going on. You didn't go into court and say, i got a bad feeling about this guy, so lock him up, Your Honor. Put him in jail for five years because he doesn't look right to me. You don't do that. You must develop a case based on articulable evidence. So the question is, does Giuliani, does Sidney Powell, do the other lawyers working for the president really have a case? We really won't know until they bring what they have to court. Right now we can speculate. I I know that uh, Tucker Carlson grilled Sidney Powell according to the Epic Times. She wasn't happy. Um, And I think Tucker does a pretty good job. I don't always agree with him. I've had conversations with Tucker, but I think he gets it. He's been on the right side of so many of these issues is he right here or not is he being pressured i don't know he claims that he's not had any claims that he's not being pressured by management at fox i i take everything that anyone tells me with a a very big not a grain of salt but a big salt shake or a bag of salt Um, and it's not to call into question their integrity or their truthfulness but as an investigator you become a professional cynic we used to joke that even people who weren't inclined to lie would lie as soon as we took out our badge and say, hi, I'm a federal agent. And immediately they went into defense and God only knows what they were telling you. So I'm a facts kind of a guy show me the facts. I'll tell you what we got right now. We have a lot of allegations but everybody in America should be paying close attention. And when you think about, the hell that Donald Trump has been put through since the day he announced he was going to run for president, you have to understand that he really shook up the system. And I'm going to tell you something, in my judgment, in my view, based on my many years of experience, Donald Trump really isn't a Republican. Now, that may sound like a shocking statement, because he's a Republican, but Donald Trump really and truly reminds me more of the 60s Democrats than anything else which is why i became a democrat pro-american worker pro-national security you know we've gotten to the point that the democrat party isn't a democrat party they've morphed into something ugly ugly. okay defund the police take apart the military tear down our history i'm not talking about statues that may offend people and i'm sensitive to that i am look i understand that African Americans may be offended by statues that celebrate people who are leading you know, the charge for slavery. I, I get that. I'm Jewish. I, I certainly uh, feel a chill run down my spine when I see a SWAT sticker, but all decent people should have that same aversion to SWAT stickers or, or people who are advocates of slavery. But to then start to take apart every leader of America, because they may have owned slaves at a time when, Many people own slaves, and then America evolved. We make mistakes. We correct ourselves. How many people go to jail for committing a crime, and then they go before the parole board, and they say, please, let me out. I've reformed. I found God. I, I'm doing you know, charitable work in the, in, in the prison. I, 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 could, I, I could fix what I broke if, if possible because I'm not who I was. Everyone seeks redemption. We do. And if you're religious, you know, Catholics go to confession. Uh, I'm a Jew, and you're supposed to seek, um, you know, uh, uh, repentance for, for our sins. And when we fast on Yom Kippur, the idea is I've committed sins, and, and I have to make up for it. And everybody commits sins. Countries commit sins. But this is not the same America today. That America was 200 years ago or 150 years ago or back in 1619 to talk about the New York Times project that America was founded on slavery so it can never be redeemed never mind that that was 401 years ago 1619 none of the practitioners of slavery are alive none of their great great grandchildren are alive so to say we're going to tear apart the country because way back then it's crazy We don't hold children responsible for the crimes their parents commit. We certainly don't hold great-great-great-grandchildren responsible, and we certainly don't hold people responsible for the crimes that weren't committed by anybody that they're related to. Bizarre. It's bizarre. But this has been part of an ongoing effort to tear America down, and there are many reasons that people want to tear America down. China has lots of reasons. They want to dominate the world. They want to impose their brand of government, which is totalitarian communism, on the world. They're building their military. They've sent their students here. And stupidly, foolishly, we've been educating them. Uh, We're teaching our enemies how to make weaponry. And they are. I mean, there was another spy case. And it's not just for weapons. It's pharmaceuticals it's technology it's electronics it's artificial intelligence it's the whole panoply of technological advancement that china seeks to steal from the united states and anywhere else they can get their hands on it it's intellectual property theft and it undermines national security it undermines our industries it undermines america and that's why it's so important and we'll get to that a bit later if in fact the allegations about joe biden's son hunter biden are true about his connections to china And by extension, Joe Biden's possible connections to China keeps me awake at night. China is an adversary. And if you have dealings with an adversary that aren't kosher, that aren't legal, that aren't legitimate, that could be used against you, then you become vulnerable to blackmail, to extortion. If the allegations about Joe Biden or his son are true, what happens if the leader of China calls up a president biden and says hey listen joe you have a problem because we could prove x y and z took place but we're willing to bury this but we need a quid pro quo so that we will not go public with what we know about you and you know what we're telling you is true what are you going to do well, what would do he do and that's why we have to worry and that's why when you have a security clearance you're thoroughly investigated I, I used to joke that every few years when they had to redo my top secret clearance it was the bureaucratic equivalent of going to a proctologist you know you'd be interviewed by a couple of investigators they could look into your banking they could look into your contacts they gave they took a sworn statement uh, just like they do with general flint have you had any contacts with foreign government yes i did what were the circumstances so if i was working with the israelis and i work closely with the israelis and the Got an award from Japan and Great Britain and so on, because that was part of my duties as an agent. We were arresting people wanted in other countries, so I would detail what we did. You know, Did you have contact with the Israeli government this past year? Yes, I did. What did you do? We arrested three people wanted for serious crimes in Israel. And the Israelis uh, took me out to lunch afterwards, and I reported it to my offic- my superiors so that everyone knew that w- what was going on, so that no one could say I did something inappropriate. You know, just take it upon yourself and have dinner with a foreign government official. And sometimes you would go out because if you didn't, uh, it it would hurt your ability to function with them. And I would make a point of paying for lunch on certain times, and sometimes they would pay, so more or less evened out. But you wanted to do it in a collegial fashion, and and not just the Israelis. It could have been the Canadians. It could have been the Brits. Um, One of the people I worked with up at DEA Intelligence was from Um, The Royal Canadian Mounted Police, I worked with several of their people when they came to the United States. I worked with British Customs. So we all worked together. But when I went for my security clearance to be renewed, I had a report on all of those activities because the concern is, have you done anything where you could be pressured, you could be blackmailed? And we were very careful about that. I used to have a boss, Frank Johnson, who was old school, and he used to say it's not enough as a federal agent that you don't engage in wrongdoing. You must never even give the illusion of doing wrong. So we had to be very fastidious and very careful that we didn't mess around with this stuff because certainly the Israelis or the Brits weren't going to you know, try to extort us, their allies. But nevertheless, the foreign government, you're working with them, and you have to be completely 100% transparent. But imagine if you're dealing with a country that's an adversary and they don't have our best interests at heart. You know, it was a symbiotic relationship we had with law enforcement agents from other aid, from other countries. Uh, we were looking to extradite someone back to the United States. They were looking to have someone sent back so they could stand trial. We would share intelligence. We had Israeli police officers, believe it or not, sitting on wiretaps up at DEA when we were doing surveillance. On an Israeli uh, drug trafficking organization. They work right with us, shoulder to shoulder. But you still reported on it because, again, foreign governments, what's going on? Are you doing anything inappropriate? So imagine if Joe Biden has done things he shouldn't have done, or his son did, and he's trying now to have the cover for his son. Parents sometimes go out on a limb on behalf of their children. And yet the media immediately brushed it under the rug and what was infuriating to me was that people were voting before the last debate so i I want you to think about something what was the purpose to the presidential debate bad television good television think of it as a job interview it's an opportunity for the american people to listen to the way that people that want to be our next president would respond to issues, what their views are, what their perspectives are, what their goals are, what their values are. It's a job interview. Don't you think that nobody should have been allowed to cast a single ballot until after the last debate? Even if you know who you were going to vote for. We used to have an election day. This is the day you go vote. That's the end of the Early voting, late voting, crazy voting. We've never had this before. Mail-in ballots, ballots that weren't requested. The system couldn't be policed. It's impossible. It's impossible. And that by itself should give everyone cause for pause. So think about this. Let's play the what-if game. What if China wanted to mess with our elections. We know that Russia wants to mess with the elections, not even necessarily for a particular outcome. Maybe they did. But if nothing else, then to deny the American people a sense of the legitimacy of their own government, which is how you begin revolutions in countries. When the people of a country believe that their government lacks legitimacy, revolution very often is the the antidote, is the cure. And boy, wouldn't Russia, China, or Iran love to see a revolution in America, tear ourselves apart? We're doing a good job of it, aren't we? But now ask yourself if, again, this is a hypothetical, but if there's some nefarious interaction between the Bidens and China, who do you think China would like to see in the Oval Office? President Trump, who's been tough on them between cracking down on student visas and going after them about the manipulation of currency and, and exposing the, the money. That, that, by the way, Betsy DeVos has done that over at Education. She's Secretary of Education going after these universities who've taken $6, $7, 8000000000 billion. I don't even know where the numbers are now. Sadly, those investigations will probably be shut down because we are finding out that our major universities, some of the best of the best, have taken billions of dollars from China, from Russia, from Saudi Arabia, from possibly Iran. Um, Why? Okay? So Trump has not been doing um, China any favors by doing what they're doing. He's been helping America and Americans, God forbid, but the American people don't know about it because it's not reported upon, and we'll get to that momentarily. You know, the, the old question, if a tree falls in the forest, and there's no one there to hear it or see it. Does it make a sound? The better question is if the tree falls in the forest but the media is not willing to report on it, does anyone even know the damn tree fell in the first place? So Trump has been tough on China. He's been tough on negotiating with our allies. He's the first president to get the members of NATO to pay up at least part of their fair share. You know, Eisenhower, who's one of my favorite all-time presidents, Dwight Eisenhower, created NATO. Because of the Cold War as a fortress against communism, communism expansion or communist expansion, um, and immediately regretted the fact that he, he found that a lot of our allies were freeloaders. This has been going on from one administration to the next ever since the 50s when NATO was first put together by President Eisenhower. It was President Trump who finally got the allies to pay up. I mean, think of what he's done. Putting America first, which is what you would expect an American president to do, wouldn't you? Except we've had one globalist president after another. We could go down the list and we could check off what each one did to help globalism, to help corporations literally at the expense of the average American family. I remember some president, I wish I could remember which one it was, but he said the business of America is business. Maloney, As far as I'm concerned, the business of America is freedom. And I talked about how John F. Kennedy said that America's role in the world was to be an advocate for freedom and how the insurgents were the adversaries of freedom, and today, frankly, the Democrats have become the adversaries of freedom, uh, aided and abetted by, all well, too many Republicans. Really, the Democrats? Let's take down the military. Let's have globalism. Let's bring in the foreign workers. Let's bring in the foreign students. Mitt Romney said we ought to be stapling green cards onto the diplomas of foreign students. Really? That's really great news for Americans that want to get good jobs but that's what these bums are about that's why Americans uh, the average American family has lost so much purchasing power it may sound like if you're making a hundred thousand a year you're doing really great try to live on that especially in a place like New York City although New York is turning into a ghost town because of mayor de Blasio you spell his name duh or Dumb Blasio, you, you, he has two alternatives here. And Cuomo, my gosh, the city's becoming a ghost town. But the point is that by making American workers compete with foreign workers, we're driving down wages, we're displacing American workers, we're increasing homelessness, and there's a group that I want you to check out when you have the time after the program. Please jot this down. Look up newamerica.org and dig into it. See who the players are. They come from a broad spectrum of industries, and these are the elite, and they almost all are globalists. They are globalists. And it's not enough that we talk about the First Amendment. We have to understand the First Amendment in the broader context of human rights. So that gets us to hate speech, which gets us to censorship, something else we need to consider. But going back to the issue of China and Biden, the question is, do you not think that China is happy that Joe Biden appears to have won the election, but it's not a done deal yet? Right? We have to see what happens, and the system needs to play out. And for Joe Biden to create this office of the president-elect, which is a bogus office, it doesn't exist. It, it's a creation. To, to you know, I I remember it was almost humorous. I don't know if you folks remember it. But during the, the battle between Gore and Bush, who won the election, every time they came out, there were more flags in the background. First, there was one flag, then there was two, then there was ten, and, and then it looked like a, a sea of flags. It was, it was kind of silly, childish, but that's what we get for leaders these days, children. Um, but, but the idea is, do you not think that China is elated that Joe Biden is possibly the next president? And if you go to the articles that I've mentioned in Wired magazine, other magazines, they're making it clear that even though there are many Democrats that are very cautious about China because they've shown their colors for what they are, they're, they're bent on world domination. They said, but Silicon Valley and Joe Biden, uh, that wouldn't, uh, you know, they would, they would figure out a way that China could cont- continue to do business as usual. Basically, was the the, the point to the article. So who do you think China wants in the Oval Office? So it's just kind of interesting that the COVID virus destroyed the economy or the economies of so many countries around the world and led to a jury-rigged election here in the United States. Well, you don't have to go in a person. You can vote by mail, and you can drop them off, and we'll have early voting and late voting, and maybe we'll continue voting through springtime. Really? It's just so funny how it all kind of comes together. Now, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. I don't see black helicopters flying overhead and flying saucers, and they don't wear a tinfoil hat. But it's because of COVID that we had this wacky election this year, because of COVID, that the economy is in turmoil. Although under Trump it's coming back and it's roaring back, uh, which is a testament to his policies, really, when you think about it. But that's not what the American people are being told on certain networks. It's about controlling the flow of information. Knowledge is power. And the first thing that rebels do when they seize control of a government is they get control of the radio and television and newspaper facilities so they can control the information. The difference between democracies and dictatorships is that in democracies, people have freedom of expression. The First Amendment, ladies and gentlemen. In China, you don't have freedom of expression. In fact, Google was working with China years ago to figure out ways to block Chinese citizens from having full unfettered access to the Internet, and they were tracking people when they went to look stuff up on the Internet. So if they were going into areas that were unpopular with the government, the government was warned that so-and-so just went online and looked up whatever it was. And now it turns out, if you watch that hearing, with um, Zuckerberg and uh, uh, the guy from Twitter, they turned it around and they said they didn't know anything about this program that spies on people and that tracks what they're looking for and so forth and that limits what they're able to see. And Jack Dorsey, by the way, also said that the reason they blocked the New York Post article was they made a quick decision, but it was a mistake. They thought it was hacked information or he had some other BS reason why. But then we quickly fixed it, he claimed, but it was actually weeks later, and this was during the time of the election. And what was the information? Allegations about Hunter Biden's laptop and apparent interaction between Hunter Biden, China, and other governments. And so Jack Dorsey said, oh, we thought it wasn't legit. Really? So the Russian hoax against President Trump was legit, and it turns out that it was all bogus. The information was available. So how does that work? This is censorship. And why? Well, again, who do you think Silicon Valley would rather see in the Oval Office? Joe Biden, who wants to have a close relationship with China, or a continuation of President Trump, who's cracking down on China? So there's a lot of people with a lot of vested interests in getting Trump out of office. As I've said on prior programs, Donald Trump, in my view, is really the whistleblower in chief. He's the, uh, um, he's the whistleblower in chief. He's the outsider who suddenly started to realize how the game was rigged. Remember what happened with Bernie Sanders in the 2016 election. Super delegates in the Democrat Party. Super delegates. Are these people wear red capes and fly around? We have super delegates. And so it looked like um, Bernie Sanders was going to get the nomination, and it was stolen by Hillary. And Trump came out and said it's all rigged, which sent these, these nimrods to the bathroom because they said, oh, my God, if he keeps talking, he's going to expose us for what we are, manipulating the system. This isn't a democratic system. It's a system driven by the people that are crazed for power. The founding fathers must be pinwheeling in their graves. And Trump was right. And poor Bernie Sanders, you know, did not get the nomination. He probably should have. That's not to say I'm an advocate for Bernie. But all I'm saying is the system is rigged. And Trump came out because he wasn't beholden to anybody. He wasn't taking the campaign contributions, AKA bribes. So he was speaking his mind. And then he tends to do a lot of that sometimes. Uh, It's his own worst enemy when he goes off into the weeds with that Twitter account. He's getting better. But but the thing was, this was an unfettered candidate running for the presidency who didn't need anybody else's money, which meant he could not be controlled, which had the establishment running to the bathroom. He's a whistleblower. Now, whistleblowers don't fare very well generally. I was a whistleblower. I went and testified before the House Immigration Reform Caucus about five weeks after 9-11, without the permission of my agency after america was attacked after the ashes landed on my home i had already been before congress in 97 talking about immigration fraud and visa fraud over the objections of the commissioner doris meisner my understanding was she was trying everything under the sun to keep me from testifying and the then chairman of the house immigration subcommittee lamar smith a republican from texas And I was told this in a phone conversation, told the commissioner, well, you don't have to have Mike Cutler testify. You you can block him. He works for you. You can say no. But then we will issue a subpoena. I was one of, I think, eight people on the panel, which is an unusually large panel, eight or nine people. Normally it's four or less. But they said, if you don't let him testify today, we'll come back with a subpoena. And it'll be a full-day hearing, and he will be the only witness, so you decide what you want. Well, she was certainly very unhappy with me. She realized seemed she was between a rock and a hard place, so she agreed to let me testify. And then, because they were familiar with me, when 9-11 happened, my phone rang, and they said, we need you down here in Washington. I met with Tom Tancredo, who at the time was chairman of the um, Immigration Reform Caucus. It was a bipartisan, non-official Body a caucus, and I subsequently testified six months after that at a hearing held by the Judiciary Committee in the House about the two dead terrorists, Muhammad Atta and Marwan al Shehhi, getting permission to go to flight school six months after 9/11. So when I testified at the caucus hearing in, in uh, November of 2001, the very next day I was awakened by a, a, a courier who delivered a big package. A special, super-duper, you know, damn it, we're going quickly, Express. They handed me this big envelope. I signed for it. And I noticed the time stamp was about 30 minutes after the hearing concluded the day before. And it was a notice that I was being removed as an agent because I had injured my leg executing arrest and search warrants at the FBI and the New York City Police Department. So I was physically unable to do the job, even though I said, look, all that I hurt was my knee. There are many things I could do that don't require me to chase people up and down flights of stairs and tackle people. Um, I could be a training officer. I could do intel work. I spent four years at DEA Intelligence. Uh, I very much wanted to stay on, and they said, no, 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 you stay home. And then I testified, and they basically said, you're fired for non-disciplinary reasons. Well, why was I fired? Well, it was pretty obvious. I testified. They weren't happy, so they came after me. And when I testified in March of 2002 about the two dead terrorists, Mohammed Atta and Marwan al-Shehid, I was told by the former regional commissioner that, although I appealed that um, decision to to remove me, that they had finalized it. I was verbally told that right after that hearing that was covered by the media from all over the world. It was a high-profile hearing. I mean, it involved two of the dead terrorists. The commissioner of the immigration service was there, the guy from the flight school in Florida was there, and the guy from the company that sent out the notifications to the two dead terrorists was there, and I was there. And right after the hearing, I got the word, you're no longer an agent. Your badge is gone. That's what they do. You're a whistleblower. We're going to get rid of you. Trump was the whistleblower, and they've been trying to get rid of him since before he was inaugurated. So, you know... (laughs) i'm kind of a kindred spirit I, i get what they did to him he was the guy that said look at what's going on look at the chinese people coming in the students look at the corruption look at the business with the pharmaceutical industry now it's interesting because some spokesperson or some talking head on tv was saying well the democrats hate the pharmaceutical industry they call them big pharma if it wasn't for the pharmaceutical industry think of all the people that would die because they don't have the meds they need and on and on and on The typical, you know, the the, the leftists call them Big Pharma. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. So does Donald Trump. Because he looked at the way they were price gouging, or at least that's what he claimed they were doing. And he said, why is it that you can go to Canada and buy the same drug for a fraction, same box, same package, same medication, it's made on the same assembly line. He just talked about it today. And you pay a lot less if you go to Canada. So he's going to give permission the governors that run the health programs to go to Canada or any other country to get the medications at the lowest possible price. And it was interesting how Pfizer didn't announce that they had the vaccine until after the election. And President Trump, maybe yes, maybe no, but his allegation is they did that because they didn't want to see him get reelected. There's a lot of people who are very pissed at President Trump for telling the truth. You know, the joke at the government when I was working for the government is the truth will set you free, free to find a new job. So he told the truth. He stood up for the American worker, and that made him dangerous to so many greedy SOBs that don't give a damn about America or Americans. Now, so many Americans have been lied to. I went to get a haircut this past week. Finally, they opened up my barber, and I know they're about to shut it down again, so I ran like crazy because I hadn't gotten a haircut in, I don't know, three or four months. I can't even tell you what it looked like. <laughs> I looked like a, a wild man. And I ran to my barber. I've been going to this guy since I was 25 years old with friends And I got my haircut, and they happened to have had ABC News on. And it was during the day, and it was The View. And these talking idiots on The View are out there clucking about how people are dying of COVID and the president of the United States has done absolutely less than nothing to address the pandemic and people are dropping dead on the sidewalk and where's Trump? Nowhere to be found. He doesn't care. Stop and think about that. The barber, uh, one guy is from Italy. Another one is from Israel, typical New York, which is why I love New York because of the diversity of our population and they're looking at me and they're saying, can you believe what they're saying? I said, well, you put that channel on. I didn't. And he said, well, I wanted to hear what they're saying because it's hard to believe it. If you, if you didn't hear it with your own ears, you'd say, no, they couldn't possibly say that. It was President Trump who stopped people from coming to the United States from China January 31st of this year as soon as we, he got the word that there was a pandemic and it was serious. And then when they realized it because – Italy uses so many Chinese workers in their garment center that Italy became a hot spot. He shut down entry from Europe, except to American citizens. And he was called a racist, a bigot, a xenophobe, a hater, you name it, nativist, whatever, name after name. That's the usual routine. What exactly did the president do? He used immigration laws that his authority as the president under Title VIII, United States Code Section 1182F, to stop the entry of aliens into the country who are coming from pandemic hotspots. Because the law says that the president has that authority to block the entry of any alien or all aliens, as immigrants or non-immigrants, if he determines that their entry into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States. It's a very low bar. And certainly the prospect of people coming to the United States suffered from a dangerous communicable disease makes their presence detrimental to our interest. And by the way, further up on that same statute, because it also includes the categories of aliens to be excluded from the United States, the first category of aliens, aliens who suffer from dangerous communicable diseases or who have not been vaccinated for diseases and the requirement uh, at the time requires certain vaccinations. So health Screening is the number one ground For excluding an alien Not skin color, not race, not religion Not ethnicity, in fact those factors Are nowhere to be found There's nothing about racism in our immigration laws Was there? Yeah, 100 years ago We had Chinese exclusion laws Okay, and that was based on race And it was wrong But as I've said, we, you redeem yourself By modifying how you conduct yourself You see? And and so that's really what happens. The country has gone quite a distance from 1619, from 1776, and we can go down the list. So the president, looking at the law, looking at the situation, the first thing he said is, we're going to stop the entry of people who might be suffering from a dangerous disease. We don't want them spreading it. And then he announced Operation Warp Speed, and he said, we're going to get the vaccine out there in six months. And again, the mainstream media – the man's crazy. It takes 18 months to five years. This can't happen. It's an impossibility. It's just Trump running his mouth. And here we are. We have the vaccination. And he provided the funding for it. And he got the military involved to do logistics to get it distributed. He also ramped up the War Powers Act. And I remember the press conference where he said, I just became a wartime president. We're at war with an invisible killer, or words to that effect, meaning the COVID virus. So he used the War Powers Act because the companies weren't moving fast enough to do what? To make PPE, personal protective equipment, to make ventilators. He took the Navy hospital ships, one to the East Coast, one to the West Coast, to treat the overflow. Those, those ships were almost never used. And you had Cuomo taking old people in nursing homes who had the COVID virus, putting them back in the nursing homes, even though the nursing homes had no way of dealing with them. And thousands of people died. So when you look at the death count, part of that is because of Cuomo and these other governors who did some terrible things. He also uh, had field hospitals built. He turned the, Jacob, the Jake Javits Center in, in Midtown Manhattan, the convention center, turned it into the biggest hospital in the United States. Within a matter of three or four days, the Army Corps of Engineers came in. Unbelievable. We have such amazing, talented people in our armed forces. And they're sitting there saying he didn't do anything. He ignored the thing. He ignored it. The ships, the field hospitals, Operation Warp Speed, shutting down the entry of aliens from countries that are infected. He did nothing? Are you serious? And so you realize what's happening. And by the way, the same day they had the announcement that the vaccines will be ready to roll out the door probably before the, uh, the end of this year. Initially, it'll be given to the healthcare workers and and, and first responders, people that are coming into contact. He did nothing. But if all you're watching are these programs on those networks, you're not even getting to see the president. The president today held a news conference. The news conference was about how he's lowering the cost of medications. And again, talking about the distribution of the vaccine and how they're coming up with therapeutics. It was a lengthy, in-depth, News conference. Didn't take questions, which I understand. Now, here's what's remarkable. I was watching Fox. There was the president. My wife said, Go turn on Fox. The president's about to speak. So I turned on Fox. Then I flipped to Newsmax. And I've been on Newsmax in the past. I flipped on Newsmax. Guess what? There's the president. I went to One American News. I've been on there. In fact, one of their producers reached out to me the other day and asked if I'm available for interviews. And I said, Absolutely. There's Newsmax, and there's One American News, Bango. So you got three networks. Then I went to MSNBC, and they were having a discussion about how the environment is going to hell in a handbasket under President Trump. Anything about President Trump's news conference? Not at all. I went to CNN. Nothing about the president or his news conference or the vaccine. So then you realize what's happening. I remember a time. I would say, actually, as recently as the Obama administration, where if the president said, I'm holding a news conference, everybody, cover the news conference. It's the president of the United States. He wants to address the American people. News organizations have a goddamn responsibility to allow the president to be heard. And when the president says, I want a recount, oh, he's undermining democracy. Meanwhile, when President Trump was duly elected, People running around, not my president, not my president. That doesn't undermine the Russian collusion hoax based on the Steele dossier, which is utter nonsense, a fabrication. If anything, it was the Democrats working in collusion with a Russian intelligence agent and a British former intelligence agent. There was the collusion. That didn't undermine the presidency. And then the president had a phone call with the Ukraine. Let's impeach him. So they went through an impeachment. But that didn't undermine the president. this is why the news is so important. This is why free speech is so important. Free speech. And you have Biden now saying that they've got to figure out a way to stop hate speech. Well, that might sound okay, but hold your horses. What constitutes hate speech? In New York City, saying illegal alien is hate. Illegal alien is a statement of legal status or lack thereof. The term alien under the Immigration and Nationality Act. And, you know, when I went to the Border Patrol Academy, which is where everybody who got a badge at the INS, whether you were a deportation officer, if you were an adjudicator, an inspector, or a criminal investigator, which is how they used to refer to special agents. Technically, special agents are still called criminal investigators. Uh, the, The Civil Service series number is 1811. Whether you're with the FBI, DEA, ATF, Secret Service, today it's ICE, it's it's 1811 criminal investigator slash special agent anybody who got a badge went to the border patrol academy now they have a federal law enforcement center and the fbi and dea use their facility at quantico and in fact i received training at quantico when i was promoted to senior special agent um, and assigned to the organized crime drug enforcement task force so we went down to several weeks of training um, down in quantico at that facility great facility by the way but Part of the training, when I went to basic training as an immigration inspector, which is how I initially came to the INS, we had to memorize definitions. And the way the exams were given, if the punctuation was off, you lost full credit. If you reversed two words, you lost full credit. You either memorized it precisely or you were wrong, because they wanted you to have clarity because the definitions guide your decisions in the field and the term. Alien, and this is the verbatim definition, alien, any person, not a citizen or national of the United States. I remember one of my buddies wrote, not a national or citizen, totally wrong. You had to do it their way, okay, so that there's no creativity, there's no doubt. An alien is any person, not a citizen or national of the United States. There's the insult. And if you are here if you entered illegally you ran the border you evaded the inspections process there's no such thing as entered undocumented i'm driving my car undocumented what does that mean driving without a license undocumented i robbed a bank is that an undocumented withdrawal are you serious so if you were an alien in the united states without lawful authority We would refer to that person as an illegal alien, an alien illegally present in the United States. Hate speech. Well, what do we call them? Is the guy that breaks into your house an uninvited guest? I don't think so. You'd say he was guilty of breaking and entering, or you would charge him with breaking and entering, trespassing, whatever. So by changing the language, we change the perspective, and that started with Jimmy Carter. This has been a long time coming. This is a process a long time underway. If you go to that website I told you about, newamerica.org, there's all kinds of stuff in there. They've been at this for 20 years, going back to 1999. <clears throat> they've really been at it. And they brag about how they've convinced the government that we shouldn't be stopping people from countries that might be sponsoring terrorism, that we need to simply track these people. About 15 years ago, I went to a working lunch at the Council on Foreign Relations, and sitting next to me was my old friend Doris Meisner, the former immigration commissioner, and she cringed when she realized she was going to be sitting next to me. And she was one of the people who was doing everything in her power to block the enforcement of our immigration laws. And all they wanted to talk about is, we don't need immigration agents. We just need to track these people, and maybe we should hire more people to state the problem. The last thing that the Council of Foreign Relations wants is the employment of immigration agents. Don't enforce the law. And that's been the trick that we've seen for the last, I don't know, 40 years. You pass laws, but you don't hire the people to enforce the laws. Unlike the laws of nature, Laws that are legislated need agents to enforce them or they are meaningless. If you don't enforce the law, the people will violate the law. And along that line, and people have always asked me, and I had this argument with Neil Cavuta if arrests are down on the border, is that good? Is it bad? If arrests are up, Obama was the deporter in chief. No, he wasn't. He just manipulated the language so he looked like he was doing more. If the immigration system was really working effectively, should arrests go up or would arrests go down? Now, I would argue arrests would go down, because I've had this argument with other people. Trump is under the Trump administration, Border Patrol arrests are down. That means he's doing a lousy job. They need to be making more arrests. Well, not necessarily, because the whole point to being an effective law enforcement organization is to have to make no arrests, in theory. Why is that good? Because it means that people are intimidated Into not violating the law That's called deterrence Deterrence They know if they cross the line They're going to get arrested So they don't cross the line That's how that works You see And that's something that you need to understand That people Have an understanding That violations of law Are going to be taken seriously well, they just had Mark Morgan on. They, they quoted him today at Fox. What's up? Well, arrests are going through the roof again on the border. You know why that is, folks? Because the anticipation, and, I, and he was stating that the smugglers are actually using the words from, um, from Biden, that under his administration, everyone's going to be allowed to stay. So this is actually causing so many more people to go to alien smugglers, human traffickers, and say, get me to America. And they're actually taking their children and dropping them at the border, and they're writing in ink their phone numbers on their chest because a judge ruled that you can't turn around unaccompanied minors. So once these kids are taken into custody by the Border Patrol, they call up the phone number, and then they make arrangements to bring these kids to family members who are already here and probably here illegally. God only knows. So the prospect of a Biden administration is great news for human traffickers, drug smugglers, and terrorist organizations. Biden has already said that the list of countries that, that won't be um, uh, we won't allow people in because we can't screen them, that's going away. And of course the media keeps referring to this as the Muslim majority countries. Muslim no, it's not. It's aliens who come from countries associated with terrorism, and we are unable to properly vet them for one reason or another. It's seven countries or so. If the goal is to keep out people of the Islamic faith, then Indonesia, Pakistan, and India should be on the list because they're the most populous Muslim majority countries. But they're not on the list, but the media keeps doing that. And the media will identify Mike Cutler, me, and others like me and President Trump, immigration hardliners, moderates, you know. Wait a minute. How am I a hardliner? I was happy to grant green cards to people when I was an adjudications officer doing the marriage interviews. When well, I did an investigation into suspected marriage fraud, that turned out the people were living together. And I wrote a report that said they're living together and they got green cards. I was happy. I wasn't out there looking to hang scalps on my belt. None of us were. All we wanted to do was make certain that if somebody applied for an immigration benefit, that they qualified. Does that make me a hardliner or simply someone who says we're a nation of law? And we were admitting roughly a million lawful immigrants every year. We give them green cards. They're on the path to citizenship. That's more than the rest of the world can find. But no, immigration hardliner. Really? This is so outrageous, I don't know where to begin. But this is the steady drumbeat, the lies, uh, the crime of omission and the crime of commission. They either don't tell the American people what's the truth or they lie about what's happening. So Trump does what he does to try to protect us. Uh, This is the first time that a vaccine has been ready in six or eight months. This This is going to be something that will, I think, change medicine forever kind of like a moonshot seriously and the implications are the potential to save millions of lives around the world forever initiated by this administration but you don't know about it if it's not being reported on by abc news because they're sitting there saying can you believe this heartless piece of work doesn't give a damn how many people are dying wouldn't lift a finger did absolutely nothing what is wrong with this man he has no soul he has no heart and meanwhile the vaccines are going to be ready in a matter of weeks, but he did nothing. He sent hospital ships to the, to the two coasts, but he did nothing. He created field hospitals and staffed it with, with doctors and nurses from the military. But according to ABC, CBS, CNN, uh, and all the others, he did nothing. Operation Warp Speed, we're going to have a vaccine in a matter of weeks. But he didn't care if the people aren't getting the truth you might as well be living behind an iron curtain and then you come to this this organization, New America, and by the way if you look at the upper left hand corner there's an American flag but it looks nothing like the American flag it's a stylized version that looks nothing like the flag it's insane because what they're trying to do is to redo America where you will not have freedom of speech where you will not be able to express your thoughts without reprisals, where there will be censorship. Let me see if I could just find – oh, my goodness. So this is – I just copied this little segment from that. This is, again, from um, newamerica.org. International human rights standards are an essential complement to the First Amendment. No, they're not amendment stands on its own we are a sovereign nation international human rights standards are an essential comp- complement while the first amendment does not apply to how privately owned and operated digital platforms set and enforce rules governing their user speech international human rights standards set forth a clear framework to which companies any other type of private organizations can and should be held accountable really Scholars of international law and freedom of expression point out that Article 19 of the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights encompasses not only free speech, but also the right to access information and to formulate opinions without interference. Notably, this aspect of international human rights law is relevant in addressing the harms caused by disinformation campaigns aided by algorithms and targeting profiling, targeted profiling. And protecting freedom of expression, private companies and organizations, but also protect and respect other human rights. So when you say illegal alien, you're violating human rights according to this wackaloon theory. You see how that works? And so that's one of the problems that you have. And if you look at Facebook, they use a consulting firm called USA Fact. And if you go to Wikipedia, USA Fact is a nonprofit organization, a website that claims it offers nonpartisan portraits of the US population, government finances, and so forth. So here's my suggestion think about this, folks. Facebook and Twitter are all saying, we don't want people getting false or misleading information. It's dangerous, whether it's the COVID virus, whether it's terrorism. We have to make sure that people are not being misinformed. I wrote an article for Front Page Magazine. I I really wish you would go check it out. I wrote it a couple of weeks ago about the science Nazis. Scientists don't always agree. Very often they disagree, whether it's in medicine, whether it's physics. Astronomers can't agree on how soon the Andromeda and Milky Way galaxies will collide. They can't agree on how far away the star Betelgeuse is, which is uh, they think about to go supernova according to one theory. Another theory says, not for 100,000 years or more. Same thing happens in medicine. In fact, now they just came out with a study, and it says don't bother scrubbing down surfaces. The COVID virus isn't transmitted on surfaces. It's only by droplets in the air. There are still scientists and doctors who say, no, 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 you've got to scrub, 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 because if you touch it, you can catch it. And there's others saying it doesn't work that way. Some say use the mask. Some say don't. Fauci reversed himself at least three times on masks, Okay. So here's my suggestion. You're worried that there's misinformation? Then why doesn't Facebook and Twitter put a little flag where if they think the information is accurate, they say, our experts agree with this. And if they don't agree with it, you can put a little flag that says, not confirmed, not confirmable, okay? And then you decide which is the information that you want to consider. There's nothing wrong with them saying, we don't think this is accurate, but it's something else to take it down. They actually blocked the, tw- the, the Twitter account for the president's um, press secretary. By what authority? By what authority? It's one thing to say we disagree with her. Our experts say that this is not true. That's fine. You want to do that? Have at it. But who died and put you in charge where you could shut down discussion and all you have to do is make some claim, oh, we didn't think it was accurate information, the way they did with the Post article, and then after the election was over, they put it back, oh, we made a mistake. You don't think that the information that Hunter Biden might have been compromised would have mattered to some voters, maybe not all voters? It sure as hell would have mattered to me if I didn't know about it. So by censoring authorities, what they're doing is swaying the outcome of elections to their advantage. They are destroying our democracy. This is serious. All the soldiers who have fought in every war since the founding of this great republic gave up their lives or came home grievously injured, protecting what? Our democracy, freedom of speech, freedom of elections. And I know there's conservatives, their heads are rolling this is a republic. Yes, I know it's a republic, but the process is a democratic process, meaning that the people, the people are in charge of this government, not the other way around. Otherwise, we are the subjects of an authoritarian government and one that they're trying to create, modeling it after China. That's how serious this is. Pay attention to what's happening with the election results. Pay attention to what's going on in the news. And by the way, folks, pick up your phone, go to your computer, and send emails and communication to these so-called news organizations and, and tell them what you think of them because they, too, are subject to um, public opinion. Please check out that article I mentioned at the front page. Um, also, I you know, I do podcasts for Dennis Michael Lynch at DML News, Team DML. I wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. I know it's going to be tough with the virus, but at least try to FaceTime with the people you love Stay well, stay safe, and please remember democracy is not a spectator sport. See you next week right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you soon.